Thanks so much, David. Um, and hi, everyone. It's good to be with you this evening. And yeah, there aren't too many of us here, but that's, that's fine. I would like to encourage you, but no pressure, to move a little bit forward. And I think it will be very much, um, you know, it, uh, we're talking a little bit tonight about intimacy. Okay, so let's, let's create a bit more of an intimate setting. And yes, if, if you've been at church last week, if any of you were here this morning, you'll notice the theme has been very much around motherhood. And tonight I'm kind of going to be keeping, you know, in line with that theme. And yes, I have some experience, as you heard from David, for four little girls, and their names are Gabriella. Alexandra, Victoria, and Elizabeth. You'd think we're obsessed with the British monarchy or something, right? <laughs> um, but I, I might have told you the story before, but we arrived here from East London just over a year ago, end of 2021, and we pitched up Collegiate, okay? Collegiate Junior, that's where they go, They're the three older ones anyway. Uh, and guess what we discover? Our girls are all named after the houses at the school. There's a Queen Victoria, a Queen Elizabeth, a Queen Alexandra. I didn't know there was a Queen Alexandra of England. She was a Queen Consort, though. If you don't know what that is, got some reading to do after tonight. I'm not going to explain. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then Gabriella's the odd one out. The Queen Mary, we don't have a Mary. But that was just so hilarious. And so we call them by their nicknames instead. Then they don't feel as bad. Gabby, Lexi, Tori, and Beth. So you'll see them there in the room back there. Um, lots and lots of fun, beautiful little girls. I'm really, really blessed. So yeah, tonight, uh, before we get into the actual preach, I, I want you to know, don't, don't get up and leave when you don't hear scripture straight away. Obviously, the important thing is we preach the word of God. But I want you to know tonight, I'm going to be landing with a really, really, really powerful piece of scripture but I want to be building up to get to that place. So I'm going to be starting off with a little video clip, and I trust it's going to work. So Esther, you can hit that, please, if let's, let's trust it works. And, um, when I move out it. one day, my mom will be very sad. I feel my mom's love in my heart, like, it's right here. I, I'm feeling it right now. Sometimes I love her, sometimes I don't. When I'm angry, I don't. My mom is everything to me. She just is this ray of energy and sunlight and positivity. The thing that I wish I could have done more of is thanking her. Didn't matter what shape I was in, I could always come home to mom. My mom was basically the glue that held me together. When I left the Philippines, I knew that my son will be in good hands because I know my mom will take care of him. My mom is kind of smart, you know, dad's smart. If I would say like one to ten, it would be a five. Maybe my poor dad got the raw end of the deal, but I do remember my mother saying to him when there was an argument about something I'd done, she says, you don't want to hurt her spirit. I remember that. My mom was diagnosed with uh, a really rare disease about 12 hours before she died. So. We didn't get a lot of time to, to talk or to say goodbye, but she did get to say that she loved me, which were her last words, uh, and I cherish that. Because it, 
I have ever been able to hang on to it. I'm probably going to say to my mom, you're a wonderful person. And you're my mentor. I tie an invisible string to my heart, and she ties the same one to her heart, and it's always attached together. My mother, she struggled a lot with addiction. Sorry, I'm getting upset. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. You know, you have partners, you have friends, you have kids, um, but there is nobody else who, um, who will ever care about you as much. My son now always tells me, I love you, Mama. But for 48 years, you realize I didn't say I love you to my mom. I can think of three words. I forgive you. You were a good mom. You did really good. Thank you. I love you, Mom. Hey, Chelsea, if moms got paid, how much do you think they should get paid in a year? You know what she said? $100 for the year. <laughs> for the year. So I'd like us just, I know we prayed, but I'd really like to just pray again. So if you close your eyes and just want to say, Father God, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, tonight we want to hear from you. We want to be touched by you. And so, Holy Spirit, come and search us. You know us. The innermost parts of us, you see us and you know us. And come and stir us, Lord. We invite you. Because we want to know you more and we want to become more of who you've made us to be. So open our hearts. In your precious name, amen. So, what a powerful clip. Right now, I'd like you to think a little bit about your own experience. You know, we all have a mom. Our experience of our mom might be very, very different. Some of you might be moms. Some of you will become moms. And I just want to remind you, motherhood is not only a biological thing. Okay, we, we can be a mother in so many different ways. And I also want to just remind the, the men here tonight that I, I want you to know that this word tonight is for you just as much as it is for the woman. But I'd, I'd love you to now just think a little bit about your experience of your mom. How has she influenced you? How has she shaped you? Sometimes we actually don't think back, we don't reflect. So I want to give you a few moments to just be quiet and think about it. I want you to think about the good. Think about the bad. Think about the ugly, okay? But I'm going to give you a few moments. I'm going to be quiet. Just reflect on it. If, if you've got something to write down on, go for it. Even write down some notes. Even if you want to put it into your phone, I'm going to give you a minute. 
Okay, and then, and then we'll continue. But I think it's really important. You know, sometimes we come and we sit and we listen, but I want you to do more than that. I want you to actually participate tonight. I want you to actually let this be a time where you can reflect and actually be moved. So take the time. Perhaps you've been reflecting and there have been some really joyful, beautiful moments, but maybe there have been some painful moments. Being a mother is a powerful thing. Mothers have such influence. Do you know that the first five years of a child's life Mom is the most influential. And of course, throughout our lives, moms can be super influential, and they are generally, but those first five years are so, so important. Who is your first connection in this world? Your mom, right? When you're in the womb, you are literally connected to your mother. She is the greatest influence. You are intimate with your mom. Then when you come into this world, those first moments are so, so essential. If any of you sitting here, if you are a mom, you will know this. Maybe if you've experienced maybe seeing another woman having a baby, you'll understand that those first few minutes when that baby is born are so beautiful and so important in, in the whole bonding and that's why, if, if you know that skin to skin, putting the baby, often what they'll do is they'll try, they'll try as far as possible to put the baby on the mom's chest. And that's all. They don't just do that for whatever reason. There's a reason behind that. There's a physiological reason. But it's not only physiological. It goes a lot, a lot deeper. It's about connecting. It's about intimacy. There's... I don't, the, the moms, maybe, maybe moms who, especially if you're mom to a, a little kitty, okay, it's, it's fresh in your mind, but even the moms who have grown up kids or older kids, maybe you can still remember this, but it's the power of the bonding hormone. Yes, there is such a thing as a bonding hormone. It's called oxytocin, okay? Some of you might have learned about this. You might know about it, but for me, if I can reflect on the most amazing experience of this, 
is holding my little baby, and even when they get bigger, it still happens. It's, it's amazing. It's like a miracle hormone. Putting my little girl on my chest and just holding her there. Feeding your baby, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, whatever. Okay. It's amazing how you can actually feel the release of oxytocin through your body. It's almost like there is chaos around you. You are dead tired. It is three o'clock in the morning and you've been up twice already. But the peace that comes over you. And it's a hormone. Yes, it is. But it's a God-designed hormone that is not only to help physiologically, but it helps to bond you and your baby. The baby feels it too, by the way. It's released in the baby's brain as well. And so that bonds a mother and a child. How influential is that? How powerful is that? And so to understand the role of a mother and the influence of the mother, your mother is your safe space. If your mom can't help you to feel safe, who can? Your mom connects with you. Your mom sees you. She knows you. She helps you to belong. And as human beings, we all need to be seen, to be known, and to belong. We need intimacy. So if you look at the dictionary definition of intimacy, it actually doesn't sound that profound. It really says something along these lines. Close, relational closeness or familiarity. But I'm sure you and I understand that intimacy is actually a whole lot more powerful than that. I have a friend who would often describe intimacy as this, and it might sound a little bit cheesy, but, but hear me out here. Intimacy. Into me, you see. It's quite, it's quite beautiful. Your mom is the one who teaches you how to be intimate. How to actually be who you are the beautiful part of you, the ugly part of you. To be seen fully, but to still be loved and accepted, no matter what. That is what a mom does. That is intimacy. And that longing in our hearts to be seen, known, and to belong. Well, mom, mom can help us there. But I'm sure, as you've experienced, as I've experienced, as yes, my own children have experienced, that is not always the case. Because there are no perfect moms We don't always get it right. And your mom might be almost perfect. But we don't live in a perfect world, right? 
And so we don't always get this down. And so what can happen when that desire, that need is unmet, that need, that desire to be known, to belong? When that doesn't get met as a, as a child, it is something that we go into adult with still, ad adulthood still needing. And the problem is it can drive us, and it can drive us into the wrong places. So if you think about it, I don't know if any of you know about attachment at all. Anyone heard about attachment psychology? Okay, it's a thing, attachment styles. Now what happens is when we do not feel like we belong, okay, so mom, mom generally will help you to feel safe and belong. Sure, it's, it might be a bit of a scary world out there, but I know I belong. I know I'm loved no matter what. And yes, when mom is absent, that doesn't mean all is lost. There are other people who can take that role. And maybe in your life, there have been other people who've taken that role. And that has helped. But ultimately, it's mom's role first. Okay? But sure, dad can take it on, granny, auntie. Okay? There can be other people who've helped you to feel seen and loved and secure. So we have this thing called our inner working model. What is that? Okay, your inner working model really is how you see yourself, how you see yourself in relation to others, others in your community, and how you see the world. When you feel secure and loved, it gives you confidence to step out into the world and it may be unknown, but your perspective is often, wow. It's a little bit scary, but wow, what a big, beautiful world to explore. And you may get rejected out there, and you, probably, you will get rejected out there somehow. But when you know that you belong, and you're loved and accepted unconditionally, it, it's, it's not as difficult. It's not as difficult. But when you have no sense of security, the rejection out there is a whole lot more to deal with. And so this whole thing of getting it right, getting this intimacy thing, connection thing right, becomes so important. There, and with, with regards to the attachment styles, I started talking a bit about that, but we have our secure attachment. We're sure, we're not 100, we're never 100% we're never there, okay? But generally, we feel like we belong. We've got a good sense of self, and we can walk confidently. And that helps us to build other relationships with friends, with partners, the person you marry, your children one day. But there are two other, there are a few attachment styles, but there are two particular ones I want to talk about. Just touch on very briefly. The one is what we call anxious ambivalent. So that is an attachment style where you feel insecure. You don't know your place in this world. And often, which is the case when we're really empty, we look 
to things to fill us, and often we find the wrong things to fill us. And that can be the form of a toxic relationship, very often. And there, it's a dependency on that relationship to give us worth and security. And so it's often there is an over-reliance on the partner. And there can be a lot of suspicion, there can be a lot of insecurity, and that can end up in being, you know, what some people would call clingy, some, some might say overpowering in a relationship. The other style is what we would call anxious avoidant. And that one is, you know what? I just avoid. Okay? I see like red flags, I avoid. I don't want to get too close because I know when I get close, I get hurt. So I'll rather avoid. Starts off nicely, but as soon as I'm, I'm uncomfortable or I have to work at this relationship thing, I'm, I'm out of there. And it might not physically be out of there, but emotionally. I'm out of there, yeah? because it's easier to just be isolated and have to work on this thing and to actually try and build intimacy because there's too much pain. And how's this? Often in relation, romantic relationships, oh, we have an anxious ambivalence and anxious avoidance getting together. And that is crazy because the ambivalent person just wants attention, wants, wants you to focus on me, wants you, yeah, wants to talk about everything, wants to work through things, and the avoidant wants to run away. Interesting, right? Interesting. But the amazing, amazing thing, guys, is that there is always healing. There is always hope. And so it's important to understand these things, to be able to identify these things in our lives, and to even look at things like the root there is always hope and healing. And so tonight I want to talk a little bit more about that hope and healing. But one thing that's really important is in this is I, I like to encourage people. Now, often we will be like, oh, my word, I'm, I'm like that anxious avoidant person. I don't know how to build relationship. I don't know how to be intimate with people. Maybe that's you. Remember, though, and this is typical of an anxious, ambivalent person, Sometimes we so desperately want intimacy that we become intimate with like everyone. That's not good either. That's not healthy either. Okay? You, 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 we're not built to be intimate with everyone. You have a close circle and your romantic partner, your, your, your spouse. Okay? That's the person that you're intimate with. Your children. Maybe you have some close mentors and friends where you're open and vulnerable. You don't have to, what I often say, air your dirty laundry to the world on social media, okay? Don't be intimate with the whole world on social media, please, okay? And that is typical of when we are anxious, ambivalent. We want to be known. We want to be seen. We'll take whatever we get. We'll just give it to everyone and see who comes close. So, so be mindful of that. Be mindful of that. But um, with what's really, really important here is for us to understand that in anything, really, when we want to get healing, 
when we want change, it starts with me. It starts with me. So what do I do? So here, you will find with mothers, okay? Sometimes we might be like, oh my word, I am so dropping the ball here. I don't know how to connect with my kid. Or maybe you're not even a mother yet. And you're like, oh my word, how am I going to connect with my kid one day? I don't know. I've got issues. I'm not going to be able to do this. Maybe it's even with your partner. How am I going to connect with the person I marry? I don't, I'm scared of that. Like, I'm scared of that intimacy. With your parents, whatever relationship. Maybe you're like, oh my word, how do I do this thing? Well, starts with you. And moms out there, it starts with you. Stop neglecting yourself. And for sure, when we become followers of Christ, he comes and sits on the throne. We're not supposed to be sitting on the throne. But neglect does not mean you're sitting on the throne. You know what I mean? It's almost like a false humility. Neglect. We need to love ourselves. We need to care for ourselves. Self-care, self-compassion. Are you nourishing your own soul? Are you caring for your own body? Are you taking time to really give to your own relationships that bring you joy? Because if you're not doing that as a mom, as a dad, as a leader, you're all leaders in some way, but this is definitely if you're a leader and you're not doing this, how are you going to give out? If you feel invisible, unheard, unseen, like you don't belong, you're not going to be able to help your kids to feel seen, to feel known, to belong. So it's got to start with you. Take that time and wear better than at the feet of your perfect father, who is also a perfect mother. That's the place to start. And so tonight, if you are feeling unseen, unknown, like you don't belong, so desperately needing intimacy, needing to connect, but not knowing where to start, if you are feeling like that mom or dad who is dropping the ball and not connecting with their child or partner, if that is you, tonight maybe you need to connect with the lover of your soul. And so I'm going to ask you to just Quieten your hearts, and I'm going to read a really, really powerful piece of scripture that you possibly know quite well. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even going to ask for it to be up on the screen, Esther, because um, I think the version I'm reading it from is different. And Because I, I actually would like you to close your eyes. And just, Holy Spirit... As your word, Lord Jesus, has spoken, I pray that it would penetrate hearts. 
and that the soil would be ready to receive. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you know us. You see us. You accept us. And that we belong. And so tonight, I just pray that your perfect father heart, mother heart, would just cover us and fill us with your hope again, Lord, and empower us so that we can see and know others. Thank you, Lord. And so we're going to go into a time of worship now. I just want to invite you to stay in this place. Let, let Father God speak to you where you're at. And there will be some opportunity for ministry, but at any time, if you're needing some prayer, there are people around who will come and pray for you. You can come and ask, or I'm sure you can also come up to the front. And if you come up to the front, well, come.
and we'll pray with you. But take this time, connect, be intimate with the lover of your soul.